Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd. Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Qulu amanna billahi wa ma unzila ilayna wa ma unzila ila Ibrahim wa Ismail wa Ishaq wa Ya'quba wal asbati wa ma utiya Musa. وعيسى وما أتي النبيون من ربهم لا نفرق بين أحد منهم ونحن له مسلمون صدق الله العلي العظيم. My dear respected, most honourable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah سبحانه وتعالى by glorifying and praising Allah سبحانه وتعالى. For enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallama. And we pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. We're now approaching, or we're already in, in fact, the Christmas holidays. Uh, where people, all the way, although the weather at this moment in time doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem as though we're, we're suffering from the pangs of cold in the winter. Uh, it's usually a time for non-Muslims, a time of joy and merriment. For Muslims, it's a kind of a uniquely uh, weird time because as Muslims, sometimes we don't know how to respond. Uh, sometimes we don't know how to react and behave um, when Christmas is mentioned or when something about Christmas is, is, is sprung up in our life. And it's imperative that we understand this festival that is celebrated by our monotheistic brethren, our uh, uh, our uh, Christian brethren, why it's so important for them. Because they believe the 25th of December to be the birthday of Jesus Christ. Um, although that's a claim that is disputed, he wasn't actually born on the 25th of December. There are many different, uh, uh, different uh, dates that have been given, some in January, some in uh, April and May. Uh, so it's very much a disputed claim that he was born on this day. But nevertheless, even if he was, um, he's held in high regard. And uh, this is something that there are many things about Islam that, Mus that, uh, that non-Muslims fail to understand. And one concept that they fail to understand is the importance of Isa alayhi salam in the Islamic tradition. That's one thing that they massively underappreciate and do not understand. And it's imperative during this time that we inform those individuals of who Isa salam is to us and what he means in our tradition. Many Christians are unaware of the true spirit and reverence which Muslims display toward Jesus Christ. And I'm going to uh, mention why uh, when we talk about the name of, of, of Jesus, what it means, and to refer to him as Christ 
in Islam, what does that mean, or is it applicable, or is it allowed? His mother, Mary, Maryam, spring from the fountainhead head of their faith as prescribed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. Most do not know that a Muslim does not take the name of Jesus without saying alayhi salam, upon him be peace. Most people don't know that Mary is one of the most righteous women in our Islamic tradition. Throughout human history, there have been few women who have surpassed Mary, Maryam, in piety and righteousness. Most Christians have absolutely no idea that belief in Isa, belief in Jesus as a noble, respected prophet is a mandatory requirement of our faith. And our faith is incomplete without, rev uh, without reverence to him. So we cannot be claimed to be Muslims unless we believe in Isa والسلام, to be a prophet of Allah. We, our faith is dependent upon our belief in Isa being a prophet of Allah. Most Christians don't understand this. I remember talking to someone, a Christian pastor. When he, and he asked me the question about Jesus. He asked me the question about Isa. He said, oh, I understand that Isa has a, uh, uh, you know, he, he has a place in your tradition. He's important in your religion. Just how important is he? I said, he's so important that if you don't believe in him to be a noble prophet of Allah and you don't respect him, you don't revere him, you cannot call yourself a Muslim. Someone who says, I don't respect Isa is no longer a Muslim. Respect for the prophets is a mandatory requirement of our faith. Love for every single prophet is a mandatory requirement within our faith. Believing that Isa salam was a noble prophet sent by Allah as his servant and messenger to guide the people is a mandatory requirement of our faith. He was absolutely shocked. He had absolutely no idea that this is how much just how much Muslims revere and respect Isa salam. Many Christians do not know that in, in our holy book, in the Quran, Jesus, Isa salam, is mentioned by name 25 times. 25 times he's mentioned by name. And many more times he's referred to in the Quran. There are some verses of the Quran. We gave Jesus, the son of Mary, clear signs and we strengthened him with the Holy Spirit. Behold, when the angel said to, uh, when the angel said, Oh Mary, Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you glad tidings of a word from him. Kalimatim minhu. What would he be? His name will be Al-Masihu Isa. He'll be Jesus Christ. Isa ibn Maryama, the son of, uh, of Mary. Wajihan fi dunya wal akhirati wa min al-mukarrabin. He will be held in high honor and high regard in this world and in the hereafter, وَمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ And he will be from among those who are, the, who are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Zakaria wa Yahya wa Isa wa Ilyasa kullum min as-salihin and Zakaria and John and Jesus and Elias they're all in the ranks of the righteous many such verses of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Isa alayhi salam where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the importance and the story of Isa alayhi salam from his noble uh, immaculate conception from his birth up until the day that he was raised up to the heavens. And inshallah, we're going to go through that very quickly. In the Quran, he's referred to as Al-Masihu Isa, which is translated into English as Jesus Christ. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with referring to him as Jesus Christ. In the ancient Aramaic language, Isa translates to Esau which then translates to Jesus, and the word Christ, which is his title, and should never be a matter of contention, it comes from the word Christos in Latin, which means to be anointed or to be blessed, which is in turn a direct translation of Al-Masih. Al-Masih means to be anointed or to be touched, to be blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means exactly the same thing in the Arabic language. Although Isa alayhi salam, Jesus is mentioned by name in 25 places in the Holy Quran, he's also addressed with much respect. He's referred to as Ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam, the son of Mary, Al-Masih, the Messiah, translated as Christ, Abdullah, the servant of Allah, Rasulullah, the messenger of Allah, Kalimatullah, Ruhullah is, are, are his titles, Ayatullah, the sign of Allah, the word of Allah, and numerous other epithets, epithets of honor. So he's given so many different titles uh, in the Holy Quran. So you can understand the importance of this noble messenger of Allah in our tradition. With regards to the esteemed rank, the status and the honor that Islam gives to Isa salam, know that we as Muslims are the only monotheistic faith and only Abrahamic faith that believes in every single prophet that the other faiths follow. Jews believe in Abraham. They believe in Moses and all the prophets of the Bani Israel. They don't believe in Ismail to be a prophet of Allah. They don't believe in Jesus to be a prophet of Allah. They don't believe in Muhammad to be a prophet of Allah. If you look at the Christian faith, Christians believe in prophets that came before Isa but they don't believe in the one who came after him. We as Muslims, not only is it a mandatory requirement to follow our Prophet Muhammad but he told us that love and respect and reverence for all of the Prophets that came before is a mandatory requirement of our faith. We have to believe in them. We have to love them and honor them. Our faith is incomplete without belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala set them as noble, perfect beings to guide the people. Especially Isa alayhi salam, who not only is he mentioned by name multiple times in the Quran, he is referred to in, in terms of great honor. He's been blessed with, with miracles that no other prophet before him was ever given. He spoke. 
You know, there have been instances in human history, and, 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 and in the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we find this as well. In the nation of the Prophet ﷺ, we find this as well, of babies. Miraculous events where babies were able to talk with the permission of Allah. But there's never been uh, talking quite like the talking of Isa ﷺ when he was only a day old. When he was born, he in fact not only spoke, but he gave a khutbah, he gave a sermon, and he was only a day old. This is one of the miraculous events. This is one of the miracles of Isa salam. He cured leprosy. He cured those who were born blind. He fashioned clay pigeons, blew life into them, and they became real. He brought the dead back to life, back to life, bi'ithnillah, with the permission of Allah. He, affir he affirmed the message of all of the previous prophets that came before him. Now, each prophet that came to every nation, he came with something that inspired them. Like in the time of Musa salam, what was common? Magic and sorcery was widespread. Right? People indulged in that. People uh, lived for that. It was massive at the time. So what was one of the miracles that Musa was given? He, he threw down his staff, and his staff turned into a serpent. Right? When those magicians, in the time of Musa they threw down their sticks, and they turned into snakes. And Musa he threw down his staff, it turned into a serpent that devoured all of the other snakes. Automatically, those who who were men of the art, the magicians themselves realized that, you know, what we do is, is unreal. What we do is, is fake. We know how we make this happen. This is magic. However, what he did, that's something, that's something different. That's something special. And they were the first to believe in Musa, salam, those magicians. In the time of Isa, salam, people were fond of uh, homeopathy. They, were, they, they liked medicine, curing people. And what was one of the miracles that Isa salam, was given? He was able, with the permission of Allah, to cure those diseases that were seemingly incurable. You know, a, a person who's born with leprosy, leprosy is not a disease that can be cured. Certainly not 2,000 years ago. And Isa salam, with the permission of Allah, was able to cure them. People who were born blind, that wasn't a disease or an illness that could be cured. Isa salam, cured them. Death is a disease that can never be cured. Isa salam, with the permission of Allah, brought the dead back to life. This is mentioned in the Quran. This is mentioned in the Quran. So he was given certain characteristics and certain miracles that no other prophet before him was given. And not only that, in our tradition, another reason why he is so special is that I mentioned this before, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant. This is in the Quran. He took a covenant and a pledge with all of the prophets. Every single prophet. In the land of souls, he took a covenant with them that if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to come in their time, not only would they believe in him, they would support him. They would follow him. They would follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
Now, every prophet was informing their nation of the arrival of this Muhammad who is going to come, the last and final messenger. Jesus Christ, Isa alayhi salam, the son of Maryam. He had the honor of being that last prophet sent before Muhammad who informed his nation that I have the honor of telling you that not only is Muhammad going to come in the future, he's going to come after me. I have the honor of being the last prophet to come before the arrival of that final messenger who is going, going to come to you. And I'm informing you, giving you glad tidings of that one who is to come after me. His name is going to be Ahmed. So he has that honor. He has a great position, rank in our tradition. And what about Mary? What about Maryam? What about the pure and chaste Maryam? What is mentioned in the Quran about her? Well, the 19th surah, chapter of the Quran, is named after her and is to some extent about her life. It's a story of her life that is mentioned in the Quran. A woman of the Quran's 114 surahs, she is among only eight people who have a chapter named after them, and she is the only woman, woman to do so. She is the only woman to have the honor of being named in the Quran, but not only named in the Quran, having a surah of the Quran named after her. Alongside Asia, the wife of Fir'aun, she is mentioned as an exemplar for all women. She is mentioned as, as a role model of piety, of righteousness for all women. She plays an extremely important role in, in Islam and verses of the Quran relating to Maryam, uh, they're frequently inscribed in various masajid. And you'll find this in the time of the Ottomans, that in Turkish mosques, like you'll go to the visit, those of you who have had uh, the pleasure of visiting the, the, uh, the museum in Turkey, Hagia Sophia, you'll find inscribed on some of the mihrabs, you'll find in, in, inscribed ver verses uh, of Maryam alayhi salam, upon her be peace. Again, a pure and a righteous woman, woman who is, holding, who is held in the highest regard in the Christian faith. In the Christian faith, she's, she's known as the Virgin Mary, you know, the perfect epitome of, 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 of purity and, and, and righteousness. And she has that unparalleled status in Islam also. When you look at some of the verses of the Quran, وَإِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اسْتَفَاكِ when the angel said, O Maryam, indeed Allah has chosen you. Not only has he chosen you, but he's purified you. And he's chosen you above all of the women of the world. This is the verse of the Quran talking about Maryam alayhi salam. Our Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, 600 years after the passing of Maryam, he tells us that she is among the leading women of Jannah. And Ibn Abbas in Qal Qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Afdalu nisa'i ahli jannati Khatijat ibn Khwailid wa Fatima wa Fatima bintu Muhammadin wa Maryam bintu Imran wa Asiya bintu Mazahim imratu Fir'aun. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the best women, the women who are held in the highest honor in Islam, among the best women of Jannah, he mentions four of them. He said Khadija, 
his first wife Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, Fatima, his daughter, Maryam, the daughter of Imran, and uh, Asiya, who's the wife of Fir'aun, who saved Musa alayhi salam uh, as a child. These four women are among the leading women of Jannah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said. Many other ahadith talking about these four, how they're chosen. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, sufficient for you are these four women to follow. If you had the example of these four women in your life, and you had to follow four women, and be inspired, these four women are sufficient for you. You will not need any other as your exemplars, as your role models. The Prophet ﷺ, he also felt this special connection with Isa ﷺ. You may not know this, but the Prophet ﷺ said that I am the most akin to Jesus. He said, I'm the most nearest and closest, and he didn't mean only in terms of the fact that he was closest to him in time. He said, I'm the closest to Isa السلام, in all of mankind. And he said, all of the prophets are from different mothers, but they belong to one religion. They testify to one ultimate truth, that there is no God except Allah. That's the ultimate truth, that Tawheed. And every prophet testified to that. So we're from different mothers, but the closest relationship I have with any of the prophets is with Isa السلام, As no prophet was raised between Isa and me. There's no, there's, no gap, there's no gap of any other prophet who came after Isa between Isa and me. There's a direct connection between me and him. So these are things, as Muslims and Christians, we agree on. We agree on the immaculate conception, the, the, the virgin birth. We agree on Maryam being this chaste, pure, righteous woman. Who in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to her food and fruits from Jannah while she was living on this earth. She is that noble. She is so noble that Zakaria, her, her, her uncle, when he wasn't blessed with children and he didn't have any children and he was old, his wife was old, and he came to Maryam and he found unseasoned fruits with her. So fruits which were supposed to be in, found in, 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 in winter, he saw them in the summer, and fruits in the, of the summer and spring, he found them with her in the, in the winter. And he said, where did these fruits come from? Where did you get these from, O oh, Maryam? And what did Maryam say? This is from Allah. This is from Allah. And the Quran mentions, Huna lika Zakariya Rabba. That at that moment and at that place, right there, Zakaria understood that this is a special place. This is a special person. And there he prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him a child. You know, there's a, there's a if you look at the, the, uh, the wording that the Quran uses, it doesn't say that then, thumma da'a Zakaria rabba, that is then Zakaria prayed to his Lord. He said, huna, there at that place he understood that this is a special place, this is a special person. That's where he prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him a child, and he was blessed with a child. See, so she's an, uh, she's an amazing, special woman. So these are all things that we agree on. 
Many Christians don't know this. Many Christians have absolutely no idea who Jesus is to us. What Isa means to us. But then comes the bone of contention, naturally, where we part ways, where we say this is, this is something that our theology doesn't agree with. Uh, in the Christian tradition, Jesus, his message became somewhat distorted, that he became part of a, a holy trinity and the son of, of Allah. We say, Kulhu Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad. Say he is, he is one. He is eternal, he is absolute. There is none born of him, he is not a father, nor is he a son, and there is nothing like him. So ascribing uh, human attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest blasphemy. Uh, this is something that our religion cannot comprehend and nor does it accept in any way, shape or form. So there we differ. We don't believe in Isa to be, a, to be divine. We believe him to be special, no doubt. We believe him to be a special prophet and a servant of Allah, as he's referred to in the Quran as Abdullah, as a servant of Allah. Even uh, in the King James Bible, you'll find so many different, so many different places where he talks about himself as being menial. You see, the prophets, even though they were, they were special, they, they had so much humility and humbleness that they considered themselves to be nothing. That was their um, control over their ego. That was their humility and their humbleness. That they didn't recognize it. They didn't say, I, I'm great, I'm special, I'm chosen. No, they said, I'm, we're, we're nothing. We can't say that about them, but they can say that about themselves. It's like when your father says to you, you know, I'm nothing, there's nothing special about me. Right? I'm a lowly servant of Allah. That's his humility and his humbleness when he says that. But you can't say that about your father. You can't say, well, you, dad, you're a lowly servant, you're nothing. There's nothing special about you. That would be considered disrespect for you to say that. But for him to say that about himself, that's, it. That's, that's, that's a sign of his humility and his, and his humbleness. And the prophets, they did that too. Isa salam, although he spoke about, uh, about himself in those words, he was no doubt special. And it, 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 for us, uh, holds, he holds the greatest of uh, places or greatest of, of stations in our religion. Islam requires uh, Muslims to respect members of, of every faith. So we respect our, the theolo theological differences that we have with, with, with Christians. Uh, we don't believe in Isa to be uh, this, this divine. We don't believe him to be the son of Allah. We don't believe that it was him who was crucified. We believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this special honor that he's the only individual in human history who while alive was raised up to the heavens for him to return one day. And he's going to return again for him an honor that he's going to return as, as a, a member of the nation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He's going to rule uh, according to the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself was very respectful towards Christians. According to the Islamic historians Ibn Sa'ad and Ibn Hisham, once there was a delegation of Byzantine Christians who were traveling from Yemen to Medina. And this, this delegation was, was led by uh, one of the leading bishops of that time and of that era. 
and he came to discuss, they all came to discuss a number of issues, theological issues with the Prophet And when the time of their prayer came, they asked the Prophet if they could worship, and if there was a place that they could worship. And the Prophet said, conduct your service here in the masjid as this is a place dedicated to the worship of Allah. And he allowed them to pray in the masjid of the Prophet This is mentioned in, in, uh, by the historians and in many books of, of hadith also. So we should never ridicule anybody else's beliefs, even though we don't agree with them. We shouldn't uh, uh, detest them because of those beliefs. We shouldn't hate on them because of the beliefs that they have. We should seek to... Uh, to inspire them to change their beliefs. Like the Quran says, And do not insult those whom they worship besides Allah, lest they insult Allah wrongfully without knowledge. So they don't understand. They're, they're doing that without understanding. So you don't, don't fall into that category where you start to insult them. So when your children ask you, and I'm going to finish with this, why we don't celebrate Christmas, or why we don't exchange gifts, and why they don't have a Christmas tree in their home, right? Why they're not getting into the festive spirit. Educate them. <coughs> Talk to them. Tell them about Isa. Tell them about Jesus in our, in our tradition, right? And if, you know, as children, as a child, I remember the nativity plays that we used to have in school. You'd remember them also. And I remember Muslim parents actively taking part in these nativity plays, right? You have a choice to opt out, right? Opt out of, of such events where your theology becomes compromised, right? We don't believe in, in the fact that Isa was a, was, was, was a son of Allah. We don't believe in, in the narrative of events uh, that Christianity believes in. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have those differences. We respect one another for those differences. But don't uh, take your children away from that atmosphere and from that environment by alienating them or making them feel alienated. Teach them, talk to them about Jesus. Tell them who Jesus was. Tell them about the Virgin Mary and how Jesus was born and what the Quran says about him, how we hold him in such a high regard. What is the great status of Isa in our tradition? Talk to them about that. Because, you know, the worst thing that you could possibly do is take them out of a situation and don't explain it. They're children. They require, uh, you know, they, they need you to take them by the hand and to lead them. They need you to explain things to them, and it's your job to do so. And first and foremost, you need to educate yourselves before you educate your children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to understand uh, who these great prophets of Allah were and what they mean in our tradition.